cool. <laughs> Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back to Rise from the Dead podcast. I'm your girl, Ash to Ashes. Hola, mi gente. I'm back. Uh, germs here. How? Hi. Well, how are you, Ash? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I am good besides fighting this weird cough I've been having all weekend, but I am just so happy for us to be back together. I mean, we were all killed to death together, so that mm-hmm, was great. Mm-hmm. But like to officially be back on our show and just just talk about movies yes. and just bullshit and just have a good time, I'm yep. super excited. I've been looking forward for this like ever since we started planning out the new season. So I am ready. Yes. How are you? I'm I'm good. It's glad I'm glad to be back. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, I did take uh, some time off a little bit, kind of fell back from the scene uh, just because my grandmother did ultimately pass away. Uh, I thank you to everybody who's reached out to me via DMs, text message, phone calls, whatever. You guys have been awesome. Ash, you have been a rock for me. Stop. I love you. <laughs> I love uh, you too. <laughs> but um, and for those who have been wondering, like I'm doing OK, you know, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, ever since I would say the funeral happened like a week after November 4th when she did pass away and I have not cried once, which is crazy, but I'm doing okay. I'm back. I'm so excited. I have so many plans for the upcoming year. I started planning the upcoming year with you as far as, you know, appearances and potential meetups. Yes. Yes. I'm really, I'm really hoping it comes into fruition me too because i I need it i need i need i need to be surrounded by my horror fam i need a big ass hug from you like we i'm I'm grabbing your boobs i already said said, like the first thing we're gonna do ashley needs to motivate me yes i got you i got you amos is gonna be like okay but no it's it's it, it it's a must. It's going down. Like yes. y'all don't understand. I'm I'm planning on going to the casino, trying to win some monies and stuff. So it's a wrap. The in, world's ready. Yeah, it's going to be epic. But in my absence, I do want to give a special shout out um, to someone who's here, um, to someone who you know took the reins for me and just you know he's family. We have Mike unofficial with us today. Hey, unofficial. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much, and thank you for those kind words. I'm happy to hold it down when anybody's gone, but I'm happier that everybody's here. Yes, there we go. Um, Great episode, you you two. I will say it was great, and uh, you have, Ash wanted you to have a pick this episode, and we're keeping it, you know, with the theme of Christmas, holidays, you know. Mike, what are we watching today? So we what are, are we watching, talking about? <laughs> we are watching a movie from 2016 slash 2017. It's called I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday by Mike Lombardo. And it's basically an apocalyptic Christmas horror slow burn. So if that sounds like your vibe, it might or might not be the movie for you. Just listen and find out. <laughs> We all have thoughts. Yes, we do. Yes. I will say I'm going to be very upfront. Mike, you told us that uh, I'm going to spoil like our thoughts on it just c- coming up front. I'm so sorry. But 
Mike loves this movie. And I do. we were talking a little <laughs> bit about it uh, before we started recording. And I am coming to this not as a host of a podcast, but I am coming as a student. And I am coming with an open mind. And your job, unofficial, is to persuade me into liking this movie. Okay. Yes. Because yeah, like I, I said, have I'm thoughts. ready to fight for my life on this movie because I stand this movie the way Ash stands Art the Clown. Yup, yup. Oh, that's deep. I don't play. <laughs> so I, I'm here for this movie and I, I'm going to fight for it. Listen. Oh, 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 Ash, where did you get those? Oh, she just flashed um, the, the little sunflower glasses. Oh, I love yes. those. Where did you get those? When they re uh Terrifier 2 re-released like a month or two ago. And my friend and I were outside, like, cause they they did the whole we're gonna show you this uh trailer for part three, like as mm -hmm. a surprise. So like my friend was doing an interview with like everyone that watched the movie, and there's this guy, and I was like, I'm so jealous of your glasses. I've been looking for them all over. He's like, here you go. We got a whole box of them. Here you go. I'm like, thank you. See. See that the the privileges of being pretty, you could just get whatever you want. <laughs> nah, the, the awesome privilege of being part of like the horror community, the art, the clown appreciation community, mm -hmm. like just kind people. I was just like, like he literally like took them off. It was like, here you go. Every horror time people I recognize horror people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I love about the community because same thing happened with me. With like, I missed out on a poster at the theater, but they saw that. They recognize that I only come for horror, horror yes. movies at my theater, and they were like, "Hey, we actually we thought you were coming, so we hid this one for you." And I'm like, "Oh, I love oh my it. god!" See, see again, I pretty people that. privilege. <laughs> I will say every time I talk about Art the Clown, it brings me back to a conversation that we had uh, with Victoria when they were talking about like. Um, Victoria, the actress producer of Cold Blows, the one that we had on, uh, she was discussing about how this little project of Terrifier um, just blew up and how she was very proud of people who come from an independent pocket in hard, like so deep in the pocket, like mm -hmm. uh, Terrifier. And um, uh, I just, I, I hope that happens for her, man, because her shit is good. But shout out to Victoria. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, she just announced that they um, have Cold Blows to Win on their website for rental. So if y'all are curious about that movie or if y'all want to check out any of her work, we'll make sure to plug all that information in the show notes. Because Cold Blows to Win, I can't wait to buy my copy of it. It's, it was really good. And, and I love Victoria. We all love Victoria, so... In the words of Degrassi, whatever it takes, we're going to support. <laughs> Y'all can see this eye roll. Yes. You miss it. You miss my Degrassi references. Don't ask like that. I guess, I guess. <laughs> Don't hate. But yes, we are here to talk about I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. But before we get into that, I thought it would be fun just for us to like just to talk about what we've been up to, what we've been watching, uh, if we have any controversial horror, her, her, horror takes. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun just to like, just to catch up and have listeners 
just hang out with us and like follow along. And if they agree or disagree, that's all good. It's whatever. We're just having a good time. We're having a kiki. <laughs> just like me. But yes, um, before we get onto our review of the movie, I thought it'd be a good time for us just to catch up, talk about what we've been up to, what we've been watching, and also uh, put in some little horror controversial takes. So, mm. I don't know. Nose goes. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Uh-oh. Um, what's been going on? Okay. So, the Game Awards just happened not too long ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there was something that I'm very excited about that Behavior Studios is releasing. Um, it's in the world of Dead by Daylight. And I'm kind of confused yes. about this. But they're releasing, forgive me, um, what's the name of this video game that they're coming up with? There goes me not doing my research, but I just want to talk about I it. I just, damn it. The I casting just... of Somebody Stone or something like that. Yeah. But basically, it's going to be, from what I Frank understand, Stone. Frank Stone. Thank the you casting guys. of Frank Stone. Apparently, this is going to be like a Until Dawn-esque game. <gasps> I was under the impression it was going to be like an animated film, but it's going to be a game that's interactive in that sense. So I'm excited because I, I am a Dead by Daylight head. I love it. If y'all want to play, just DM me, let me know. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they're going to offer with this. And hopefully we get some backstory to the game. So I'm excited about that. What about yeah. y'all? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, even, like, Amos Simi, he was like, oh, you might be into this. And he he told me about the whole Jordan Peele collaboration, like, the game mm-hmm. he's working on. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you get mm-hmm. me. And but then I, a Blade video game. Yes, Blade horror. Jurassic Park. Oh, horror Blade is Park. coming hard with video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are definitely spoiling us. So horror fans, feet up in the next couple, like, of months. But yeah, like just the announcement of that and like watching the trailer, Mm -hmm. I was like, this could be a movie. Like, I would be mad if they made this into a movie because just like reading the lore about it, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, this would make Mm -hmm. a really good like feature film uh, full length. But I'm excited. I love Dead by Daylight. Shout out to them for adding Chucky and Tiffany. I am waiting to this day for them to add Art the Clown because I feel like that'll be awesome because, you know, the sales on that, that's going to. If they smart, and and the licensing to that, I think I said this on here before, but the licensing to that, it's probably not that expensive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That versus a Stranger Things price tag. Yeah. Come on. And depending on who has it, because I know the creator of, or I don't know if it's the creator, but someone who works very closely with um, Terrifier on Twitter. I don't remember his Twitter handle or his name, Mm -hmm. but when Terrifier 2 came out, he was like constantly tagging DVD, like, "Hey, you want Art the Clown? We we got you." Just oh, imagine, see? like, you're playing a game and he captures you and he hooks you up upside down and slices you in half, like he did with Homegirl in the first movie. We could do so many things, like just Bruh. if you are smart, do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maury's for days. Yes, but I I just looked up the like just a. The synopsis, the story of the casting of Frank Stone. Okay. It says, uh, this is from Steam, but uh, the shadow of Frank Stone, 
looms over Cedar Hills, a town forever altered by his violent past. As a group of young friends are about to discover Stone's (laughs) Stone's blood-soaked legacy cuts deep, leaving scars across families, generations, and the very fabric of reality itself. That sounds eerily familiar to, like, Freddy Krueger's lore. (laughs) I don't know, but, I mean, shit. He wasn't out here touching kids. If it's story-based the way, like they said, if it's, like, basically Until Dawn, I'm here for it. Because I don't know if you guys played that game, but that is my game. It is so That game terrified me more than most horror films. It is a very good game. It's, and it's... It has the replayability to it as well because there's so many like you know butterfly effects in the game and yeah. it's literally a butterfly effect in the game so it's it's fun I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it I suggested in like our group chat that we can do like a little a play party if you will Ooh. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm always down like if I, yeah just give me a heads up. I need one to three business days. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so have well, you been watching anything or anything else that's like caught your attention? I was going to ask y'all how y'all feel about this Scream 7 shit going on. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to keep my mouth shut just so that nobody comes after this show, to be honest. No, this is a safe space. If they come after us, Hmm. We did something um, right. Throw it in the bin. We don't need it. Uh, part six, perfect ending. She picked up the mask. They left it ambiguous. She got to move on with her life. Sydney has her perfect ending. Leave it. It's a wrap. I don't like, need anything from Spyglass. Gail is still alive. We're good. So it's, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you, Mike. Like, that. just the whole situation is just so... <laughs> messy it's unfortunate it's ridiculous it's just they done fucked up that's fuck you spyglass but they had they done fucked up and then it's just how do you move on from that like what can you possibly do with a storyline like i have a couple of ideas in mind like i've seen some things online and i'm like maybe they could go along with it but it's just like just i pretty much feel like spyglass just tarnished it like just how they handle things is is tarnished. I don't even, even if they were to be like, okay, like we're going to go forward with it. Part seven is going to come out. I don't think I'm going to go see it. And that's hard for me to even say that because I'm such a big horror fan. Like I love the screen franchise. Like it's just so frustrating. And I hate to say that I'm not going to see a horror movie because I'm all about supporting the arts, like everything about it. I'm going to support it, but And I don't know how you guys feel about it. And if everybody has a different opinion, it's perfectly fine. We're all entitled to our own. And it's not that I'm going to completely erase Scream as a whole from my horror, like, education of stuff. But all this situation, even though it's Spyglass specific, it's Mm kind of put a damper on the franchise as a whole a little bit for me. Mm -hmm. Like, even trying to watch just Scream in general, because I'm like... I know that the, especially the first four movies have nothing to do with what right. Spyglass did. It's still kind of like, do I want to keep watching these if I know that I can't watch this, this, and this? 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad because along with Child's Play, Scream is my, they were tied for my number one franchise. And it's hard to like see it tarnished. It's, it's very, you, you almost kind of take it personal because I think Mindy said it in Scream 5, like, um, you know, forgive, you know, God forbid they fuck with someone's nostalgia and childhood mm-hmm. and shit like that. And it kind of rings true. The foreshadow. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Um, we're going to talk about this on Ken Sledgehammer's show uh, coming up soon. Shout out to you, Ken. Uh, but just a little bit of intake. I was with y'all. Throw it in the bin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just throw it out. You know, it's no disrespecting uh, Nev Campbell. You disrespecting Melissa Barrera and just... I would see they can go about this two ways, and this is what I'm thinking. If Spyglass sells their rights, you know what I'm saying, and someone like A24 picks it up, which I would love, that would be so dope if A24 pick up uh, the screen franchise, and then they'll rehire, you know, Melissa. This is just a fever pitch dream. Very long shot. I would be okay. What I think is going to happen. And I'm feeling like gray a little bit with like my little feelings <laughs> and hypothesis. Uh, shout out Pretty to you, <laughs> right? Um, what I think they'll do is since they can't get anybody, I doubt, I highly doubt that Sydney Prescott is going to be in this Scream Seven. What I think is going to happen is they're going to do a prequel and they're going to give backstory on Maureen Prescott, Prescott while she was in Hollywood. It kind of lines up with Scream 3, you know, because they've been following, the reboots have been following Scream 1 and Scream 2 in, a, in essence. So Scream 3, we see a younger Maureen Prescott going through the shit that she's been through. That way they can avoid the 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 drama, if you will, of trying to get these established characters into the next installment but at the same time still being faithful to the lore of screen that's what i think my issue with that would be how do you make it a slasher right that's that's gonna be and i hate to say it y'all i'm not like a good i'm not for spyglass at all you know what i mean but they're good. <laughs> they're I, good. I enjoyed five and six. Oh I yeah, did. I was so excited I for seven. Me too. Oh, a hundred. Especially the premise like, they had for it. Oh yeah. Oh yes, like the the shit that's been leaked about it. I don't know if y'all have heard or anything, but it's out there. I'm not gonna spoil it here. Um, but I think that what I heard was good. I think from what I've heard about and read about what the Scream 7 script was, I thought it was just going to blow shit out the water. I really did. It mm-hmm. had the potential. And Spyglass was the engine behind it before I knew the behind this. It's like the Wizard of Oz. You know what I'm saying? You pull back the fucking curtain and it's just this bullshit. Yeah. Well, I'm so mad. I'm so upset because Ghostface is my number one. Scream is my number one franchise. Spyglass, I don't know if I would say, Mike, like if it kind of put a damper on the whole franchise for me even just a little bit because Wes Craven is Wes fucking Craven mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying he's just that man uh but I I don't know like it kind of fell down to number two in a sense so it, I kind of contradict myself and art is number one for me 
<laughs> but I don't know. That that just pissed me off. It that it was like a like a three days of just bad news after bad news after bad news. Jenna left. Melissa left. Like it was just like what the fuck. I couldn't keep up because that like in our group chat, I'm like, what happened? Like the way y'all were just it was going live. back and forth. I'm like, yes. did, did something happen? Like what's going on? And it was just like social media, especially Twitter. Yes, I say Twitter. I'm not gonna say X. The they way just everything just—they were just shooting out extra random facts, like they were Jada. Yeah. <laughs> ask for this stuff, but they that just kept giving so... us more information. I was hurt, like I'm like, yeah. all right, fuck. But then I'm thinking, like, all right, Maxine's still coming out, and I'm just trying Ooh, to like hype I'm myself showing... up. Yeah, I'm just trying to hype myself up, like, all right, Jeremy, like it's okay, you still have <laughs> this movie in this franchise, <laughs> but it's, damn, yeah. I had so much plans for Scream Seven. And we just found out that Maxine is going to be Giallo-inspired. Yes. 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 <gasps> I'm here for it. But I guess, you know, that's our silver lining. We lose Scream 7 in a sense. You know, I'm sure people's gonna, people are still going to go out and see it. Oh, 100%. Blockbuster, you know, franchise. But I don't know. I am on the fence about seeing it or not. I want to see how shit plays out. Because if I look at it like this, if, say, the Meeks twins are in it you know because that's so ambiguous right and i know a lot of the cast is in support of melissa barrera Mm -hmm. if melissa and jenna in a sense give their blessing like look i know y'all with me but at the same time get y'all bag i'm gonna go support them you know what i'm saying right but i don't i just i'm so conflicted i don't know you guys can help me out help me oh yeah same here myself (laughs) I think it becomes one of those nobody or at least people like us who, like you said, this was our this was a number one franchise. Mm-hmm. This was childhood. This was mm-hmm. now. This was adulthood. This was everything. But to see it get tarnished, like, but I think it's going to be like a game time decision depending on how stuff plays out. Because like you said, if Spyglass is no longer a part of it, maybe I'll go see something revolving scream but as of right now i don't think i will support anything moving forward do you what was the time frame between two and three of their like scream two and three how many was it a couple of years two or three at the most so i don't maybe they can just hold off on it <laughs> and right. just like hopefully some more fucked up shit happens and then spyglass will drop it ultimately what's crazy though is like there was rumors going around saying like, oh, Spyglass has their eye on Nev Campbell and um, Patrick Dempsey. Like, that's on their wish list. It's like, so after all of this BS, y'all going to pay her the amount that she deserves? Right. And then, I- you know, and then it that was that if before all of this, the chances of having both of them in the movie were I guarantee you was high as hell, at least 95%, because Patrick Dempsey now has a relation with, um, goodness, like, because, you know, he was, like, NBC and stuff, like, not NBC, don't want to say NBC, he was, like, in that movie Thanksgiving. Yeah. Who, you know what I'm saying? Another Spyglass. So, yeah. Yes, another Spyglass movie, that's what I said, wanted to say. But he has a relationship with them, he's established with them, and Thanksgiving was a pretty damn good movie. Yeah, and I felt that. That's what I'm the- saying. Oh. And I was just like, uh, I can't believe I've seen a, a Spyglass movie after all of this. Yeah. But, and it's Eli Roth, too. But that's another yeah. story. Yeah. But, and he's coming to Horror Hound, too, in March. Oof. But anyway. 
But um, yeah. So I'm trying to think. Have you been watching anything like correlated or what have y'all been watching? <laughs> I have not been watching anything recently. I've been in my reading binge stuff right now. So I'm reading a lot of thrillers. Uh, they're basically like lifetime movies in book form. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Frida McFadden. She's an amazing author. <laughs> I haven't been watching nothing too much horror related. I just told y'all, like, I have been, for some reason, I have been watching reruns of Dance Moms on Hulu. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's funny to see, you know, women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s argue over <laughs> dances. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think my Real Housewives of X insert uh, city is getting stale for me so I'm just looking for other trashy you know reality TV that's just me so yeah I'm kind of steering away from horror for a little bit but I want to get back into it so Ash you got to tell me what you're watching and stuff because you have recommendations for days (laughs) well I've been slacking on my holiday horror because like I usually try to create a watch list like every year so like for like people be like oh I can watch this but I mean I've been have I've been doing my job as the horror oracle I've been hooking up some friends on Twitter with like watch lists for like like Ernesto he was asking what are some like international horror shout out to Ernesto I freaking love you yes but like international horror because you know like that's my jam so I've been doing that but for me I finally watched it's a wonderful knife and I really mm-hmm. liked that one. That was, mm-hmm. it was, I want to say cute because, but I, I liked it. And it's on Shutter now. Um, and then <laughs> I made this tweet. I tweeted about it like a, over a week ago, but I went and saw, excuse y'all, my mom is watching a football game. So if y'all hear shouting, that's what's oh, going yes. on. But um, I watched um, Godzilla minus one. Rave reviews, oh. I hear. And it's not horror related, but like it's suspense, but that's a fucking perfect movie right there. Like I was not expecting to be teary eyed like I was in the theater, but I I was. Um, I don't understand why Godzilla is not considered horror because that's scary as shit. Right. Jurassic Park is considered horror. Yeah. And I I know. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Maybe there's been like talks about Godzilla being like part of like horror but just like just for me to be safe like I'm not sure but um he was woo he scared the shit out of me in this movie like I have to see it I've been seeing do. so many people like say have you seen him Mike I have not and I stayed okay. away from it because I wasn't sure is it a sequel is it a fresh a new no it's like yeah. a how would you describe? So it's like a reimagining of the OG of the 54 version. Um, mm. So it like follows the whole concept, but. God, so I don't have damn. to watch any of the other new ones that came out recently. No, unless you that's want to, like that's say. up to you. Like I, I went back and watched the OG 54 just okay. like, cause I was in a Godzilla movie. I was like, let me rewatch some of these, some of these gems, but like, damn, like, just the character stories just mm-hmm. everything about that movie was just beautifully done and yes. i really hope that 
it gets some recognition in the, in oh, the yeah. awards cir- circuit, uh, circuit, especially like Academy Oscar. Like it needs to be nominated for something. If it's yeah. not, then I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> Twitter went <laughs> up for that movie. Yeah, yeah and like I made it. I made a tweet saying like, why nobody give me a warning about crying in this movie? And I, <laughs> it 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 garnered like 2.1 k likes and re- retweets and all that stuff. So I mean. Aww. But yeah, definitely check that out. I'm trying to think what else have I been. You've been out here winning contests. Mm-hmm. I- <laughs> <laughs> so, Congratulations. Yeah, so, thank you. So yeah, the Blade Disgusting podcast had a contest. It was like, ask us a question. If we like your question, we're going to answer it on our like our next episode. So, you know, I had to ask my golden question. If you were to teach a horror 101 class, what three films will you be showing? And it won, and they answered it on the show, and I'm, I'm waiting on my bundle. So yes. <laughs> nice. So, congratulations, listeners. Feel free to chime in with you know that your answers to that question. I think it's an awesome question. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. But yes. Let us know. Let us know. Yes. I'm trying to think. Have I been watching anything else? Oh. Uh, <laughs> not that I can think of. Nothing like too crazy, but. Oh, what's that? I've decided to go back and rewatch. What's that? Hemlock Grove? Is that how you say it? <laughs> I have never seen it, but I heard such good things about that show. It's it's on Tubi. And um Bill Skarsgard's in it and uh, oh. my fellow Degrassi fans. <laughs> Who's in it? Uh, Declan Coyne is in it. But um let me pull let me pull up this cast list real quick. Because it's not going to do it justice. Hold on. M. Lock Grove. Yeah, it was three seasons because it was on. It was a Netflix show when it first came out. And I guess Netflix was like, <laughs> deuces. And um, it's on Tubi now. But we have Bill Skarsgård, Landon Liberon. That's the one who played Declan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Famke Jansen is in it. So, like, the cast is really good. And the show is. Ooh, the show is hot. It is hot. There are some scenes in that movie. I'm just like, oh, y'all gonna do that? Okay. But it's your penis. <laughs> you see some stuff. You see some stuff. <laughs> so I am in full support of full frontals for males. Me too. In films, yes. why do why do females always gotta do it? Ooh, what Speaking happened? of full frontal, I'm glad <laughs> you said that. I saw Saltburn. <laughs> Everyone's talking about that movie too. Is there sausage there too? Yes, yes, God. What's that movie yes, about? It. Uh, so how did, how would you? So I'm just going. It, a student is invited to a classmate's estate for like a sub for summer break. That's like the only way I can like describe it without going into spoilers. It is. Is it like a? Is it a foreign movie? Mm. No. Um. Uh, what's his name? So, um, Jacob Ellardy, like from Euphoria, the Kissing Booth. He just played mm-hmm. Elvis and Priscilla. He's in it. Um, Barry Keegan. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I don't know, but he's in it. He's uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, another fantastic, stressful movie that he's in. Um, and he was in what's the Internals. The Batman, he was in the Batman, like, 
who and there's just something about him. Okay. But so um, you can definitely you can check out the trailer. The trailer's not gonna give away anything. And I'm I'm in the theater. I'm watching it because and like there's so many scenes in that movie. I was just like, what? Oh, is that happening? Oh, he's gonna. Oh, okay. I'm just. Oh. <laughs> let's just. <sighs> there's so, one scene that's that was spoiled in the on Twitter. Well, I don't want to know about it because now I'm invested. You did a real good job of like making me want to go watch it right after this. So, it's, <laughs> so I don't want to know anything now. Okay. I, I mean, it's it's not bad. It's not. To wear a condom. It's coming to Prime TV. soon, right? Yeah, it's coming to Prime soon. Yes. Okay. Okay. But. Okay. I know because I've been trying to like create my like top list of movies of the year and like first place it was bottoms but after watching this movie <laughs> Saltburn is number one like that's non-horror it's number one it's okay now <laughs> that leads me to this um do y'all have letterbox yes but I've been neglecting it for the past three years Same. <laughs> Okay, because I was gonna say, do I need to get a letterbox? I, I have one. I every year I'm like, I'm gonna do a better job. I'm gonna keep up with it. I, I it's like the back of my mind. I forget about it. I'm not stressed about it. I'm probably yeah. gonna use it more this upcoming year because I want to make certain types of lists and it'll help me make a list. But if you're not worried about lists at all, you don't need letterbox. Yeah, I'm I'm constantly making lists in my head. So. <laughs> my head for that but mm-hmm. and i'm just always so damn busy I, I forget about it see now i'm back on the fence with letterbox see i was so sure and now it's like no i haven't touched it in 10 no, I mean, years or 10 maybe years it'll, it'll probably work for you pers- it just for me i'm just so i forget about it i probably will i think the what's the last review i did y'all y'all go ahead and talk let me look this up <laughs> See, I get see that makes me scared because I, if I don't touch it after so long, I get nervous when I'm playing Animal Crossing and I don't go back to my damn villagers. Oh, I got As soon as I log in, they want to jump me like, "Bitch, where you've been?" <laughs> so I don't want Letterbox to do me the same way. But this is, how, is it basically just like, all right, you post your opinion about a movie, mm-hmm. and then people comment and then make recommendations and shit like that? Is it just basically like a social media strictly for a film? It is and there's not a lot of people so like i said it's mostly for you you're unless you have like so many followers you don't or at least i don't and maybe that just means my opinions are trash but <laughs> you don't get a lot of like traction from other okay. people on the so my i last, use it for myself oh no you my last movie what year okay that's march 9th what's this one damn um Scream six. What's the last? Scream okay, six, so, Creed three. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's more for like self documentation and yeah. Sense. I mean, okay. you could share it and then you could um like you could do like your rankings. Like if there's a franchise, you could do your rankings on there. Yeah. But I mean, it, I just I don't have time. But I'd I'd say give it a try if you don't care for it yeah. like it's not for you it's all good yeah i see everybody posting their letterbox opinions and stuff like that i'm like well what is this you know like, 
I'm like, I got Twitter. It's okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Twitter ruins every fucking thing for me anyway. Right. I, I was so pissed that them bitches ruined the winner of Squid Games for me. I was so mad. Like, I still fuck haven't y'all. watched that. And it's, I can't talk to you about this. I'm and the person still hasn't. <laughs> and the person still hasn't received their money for it. Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. And like, still I not stopping shit y'all made me do. Y'all want to give me my monies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want my money today. Like, I'm applying for season two. You think I'm playing? Do it. I'll I'll host watch parties and everything. <laughs> All righty. So are we ready to get get into this movie? I am. The All right, Mike. You guys are making like, the job is cut out for you, <laughs> sir. I am all ears. Like I said, Mike, this is your this your your show. This is your episode. So you better take it away, baby. All right. Thank you. Again, <laughs> listeners, uh, we are watching, we watched I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. The director, the writer, and the producer was all the same person, Mike Lombardo. Uh, he's pretty active on Twitter, so if you guys like the movie, please give him a shout out. <laughs> uh, and Mike Lombardo, don't listen to this podcast episode. No, you can um, listen to it. We'd be nice. We'd be nice. It's a short run movie. It's only 71 minutes. So if you got the time, watch it. Uh, But a quick overview of the movie is a woman and her eight-year-old son struggle to survive in a bomb shelter after an unnamed apocalypse engulfs the world. And I think that perfectly sums it up. That was Mm -hmm. from our good friends at Imdaba. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great summary of the movie. Uh, It's starring Hope. I'm going to say her last name wrong. Bickle as Kelly, the mom. Reeve Blasey as Riley. Um, and Damien Maffey as Simon. And we just found out that he actually is in a lot of uh, horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Stranger, The Stranger's Prey at Night. Uh, and then a bunch of other ones that I looked through. I didn't uh, he see He was that. in Wrong Turn, the, yes, the latest one. Don't get me started on that movie, but <laughs> great franchise. Um, but it's nice to see someone in the movie who was in other horror movies. And then I believe Ash said he follows her on Twitter. So all the celebrities are following Ash. You should too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to become a celebrity. I need the monies. <laughs> but something that I looked up that I liked, uh, this movie has a tagline. Did you guys see the tagline of the movie? No, I'm intrigued. <laughs> So this is a Christmas movie, obviously, and the tagline is "No food, no hope, Noel." I think that's cheesy and cute. And I, <laughs> I didn't <it>. see that. <laughs> Germ, stop. <laughs> I, I, this is cr- oh, that's so cringe. Okay, I'm sorry. It, You're not off no, to a good start convincing fine. me. It is cringe, and I love cringe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Yo. minute I said it, I saw Germ's face and I just couldn't stop it. <laughs> Damn. Okay. No food, no hope. Um, no. So this is a bleak movie. It's centered around Christmas time. It's about a mother and her son during the apocalypse. Now, something that I found out that I absolutely loved, and I mentioned that it makes it makes the movie darker. It makes the movie make more sense. But the director, Mike Lombardo, wrote this movie when his mom was going through kidney failure. 
Mm. Um, which is why the mom in the movie is trying to shield her son from the realities of what's actually happening. And I think people who are parents can go through that and they understand that. And then he chose the Christmas to be the backdrop for the story to explore the loss of magic and innocence of a child during trying times. Well, damn. (laughs) Sorry, I know that was really dark. I'm going to take back everything I'm going to say, but... But I mean, that's that's why... I feel bad now. Like, jeez. <laughs> but now for me, like, I I liked the movie right off the bat, I told you guys. But knowing that, it makes the movie that much darker for me. And what I did like about this movie was how bleak it was. It wasn't your comedy slasher. It wasn't, there was no, like, nice moments. It was dark. Right, right. Um, but with that being said, I think we can start talking a little bit more about the movie. Um, it starts off with the Ink family, Kelly, Simon, and their son, Riley, who I might be calling Experiment 625. If you know, you know. Oh, my God. No shade to the little kid. I loved him. He was actually fantastic. Um, they're, de- <laughs> they're decorating their Christmas tree. They're having a cute family moment, uh, going over cookies, leaving them out for Santa. Shaking the wigs. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> she was wearing a $5.99 clearance Party City mm-hmm. white girl shake, bob wig. Shake and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck-ass bob. Like, that was the bob of bobs for white women. <laughs> it was a Robert. <laughs> it was indeed a Robert. Um, and then I'm actually going to bring up that wig a little bit later because it had its bad moment and I think it did have a shining moment. Um, but so the son and the father go outside to build a snowman. The son forgets his hat. So the mom goes outside to give her son that hat. When she opens the door, it's pure desolation. Uh, I did like that scene. Mm-hmm. I, I did, did like that scene. It was good. It caught me off guard, though, because at first I was like, why is it this bad? And she seems so shocked. But then they cut to this was a dream. She wakes up next to her son on a small little cot in their homemade bomb shelter. Uh, so then the father, uh, Simon, he basically... Um, needs to go and get food supplies because they're running low. What I did not like is it didn't seem to give you that big of a timeline of, like, how long this apocalypse happened. Yeah, and I don't think, like, they gave a reason why either or just any, if there were monsters or what. We just, know, and I, I love me a good, you know, apocalyptic movie, you know. Yeah. I will say, though, um, they did a great job in the beginning, you know, with the whole scene of them being on the cop. They gave a good job of presenting the idea of isolation and uh, claustrophobia, in a sense, yeah. because they're in this bunker and it's just them two and it's just their space is so limited. And they did a good job with that. Yeah, I think, like, I want, like, just think about like the time frame of this movie i want to say it was probably maybe a year i was trying to follow along because there's a scene where mm. she's doing the whole counting down on the like her her calendar mm. that she created and i was like oh it's christmas time already 
with the mm -hmm. extension cord randomly pinned yeah. up against the calendar. Yeah, Did anybody then, else catch that? Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, maybe like she was making it up that it was Christmas just for like the sake of her son, like just trying to bring some cheer in the in their like their situation. But yeah, like like you said, like this movie is like hashtag bleak AF. Like so, and I might be just like overhyping it because I I really enjoy this movie. But like you said, they did a good job when she woke up next to her son. They showed, like Germ said, it was bleak. They showed you the claustrophobia of isolation, and then they hit you with the title card. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely loved that. I loved mm -hmm. the way that title card came out. I loved the way it looked. To me, it was like a low budget version of the Evil Dead Rise title card that everybody mm -hmm. loved. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. I thought they did a really good job setting this up. I think the it, beginning was a really good setup. It, and the beginning, I think it was it did set it up to be very I'm so sorry, Mike, but it, the <laughs> beginning did set it up to be to be a good movie better than it actually was, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I will give you that. I think the setup was super strong, and I can mm -hmm. understand if people fell off by the end of the movie. Yes. I did not, but I, I can see it. Like, when you said, like, I have thoughts, I was like, I understand. <laughs> I definitely understand. <laughs> okay. I can't but at the same time, I'm not, right, not going to yuck your yum, because it, it, I do see an audience for this movie. And then something I really loved that started in the beginning, but it one thing that did last throughout the movie was the beautiful shots and an amazing score. I loved the score. I feel that it did a great good. job, great job at making it, making the atmosphere. It was dark. It was, there, like you said, there's that claustrophobia element. There's that sense of despair and like there's no way of getting any hope and that score did it like that score was so dreary that i was from the get-go i was like i don't think they're surviving this like yeah. this is so damn sad yeah. i and i got i have like a how would you say with it i won't say theory but i was like like i thought like how the movie was going i thought it was gonna go another way but it didn't i was like well, well okay never mind but <laughs> But, I, I thought that, too. I'm curious to think, which way did you think? Are you talking about as far as, like, the antagonist in this? That, that, and then... <laughs> because, like, the antagonist that we got <laughs> versus what I thought was going to happen. I was just thinking it was going to go another way, like, maybe, like... I don't know how to word it without it like sounding like just weird, but like maybe a specific character was going to be the antagonist. And then I thought like, well, maybe they were just, um, there's no need for them to hide in that bunker and that everything was just like made up for them to stay in that mm. bunker, like to protect mm. themselves. Like Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I could have seen that too. I could have seen that. Yeah. But yeah, well, I, I can't wait till we talk about that. That. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a moment. Whether it's a good moment or a bad moment, we'll find yeah. out. Um, but like I said, uh, beautiful shots 
throughout showing us the bomb shelter, showing us Kelly keeping track of days. We're finding out that it is a few days away from Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley comes out telling his mom he's hungry. We get to see that they are scarce on food. They are down right. to their generic Bush's beans, right. and that's and what they're having for dinner. Imagine being in that small ass bunker eating beans. Oh, cold beans, heat up beans, beans, beans on a hot plate. The makeshift uh like toilet they have too. I was just like, oh, the struggle, yeah. bro. So knowing that they're scarce on food, water, other supplies, the dad decides to take his gun. He takes the mask because obviously there's probably radiation. So he has a gas mask. I don't know how that's going to protect the rest of your body if we're trying to fight radiation, but a low budget is a low budget. And that's what I was going to say, like the shots when they're outside. It looked like a regular old Tuesday morning, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, they outside, it's fine. And you just see these people, like, there's no, fil- not even a filter. I don't think there was a filter, like, just showing, like, the effects, the aftermath of this apocalypse. You know what I'm saying? It was just, the, like. The air looked fresh and clean. Yes. Nice and clean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this person with just a mask, a gas mask on. I'm like, okay. First of all, where'd y'all get those masks? Like. Did y'all just keep those? I mean, like, not like, like, just does every household have gas masks? Just oh, that's case? actually fair. I and, didn't I, I mean, that. and I know there's like, there's real life doomsday preppers. Like, there's a whole freaking show about it. So I'm I like, maybe. Oh, go like, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm thinking like more of a lot more on the lines of you know help came. They got they got mm. killed. They got off one way or another, and someone picked up their equipment. Okay. You know, room for imagination there. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, how'd y'all find that bunker, too? It's like... <laughs> too. I mean, so, maybe they were doomsday preppers. Right? Know. Well, the bunker looked like it was just their basement that they turned into a bunker. Yeah. Yeah. They um, reinforced that door. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, <laughs> I wish you could see their faces. Um, mm. And then, so, obviously, <laughs> the dad goes out. He goes out into... The apocalypse and basically they give us a clue that he never made it back we cut back to the mom and her son now they're eating some unfortunate looking chili uh not unfortunate be choosers <laughs> they um, were munching though they were munching they were, <laughs> they were. oh and then the, yeah did he give the mom the mom three bullets was that during the scene or was that in the later no, that was right before um, they were showing him get out, and he basically told her, like, use it, we're going to have to use it. And that is also when it gets a little dark, because he's not talking about shooting any intruders, right. and there's mm-hmm. three of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that also puts into perspective, what would you do in an apocalypse? I had a conversation about this last night. I was at my brother's house and I had Sophie on FaceTime. And we it was a random question like you have to pick three people that you know to join you in an apocalypse just for you know your chance of survival and stuff. And we automatically said if kids are coming with us, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like if like I'm talking about my nieces and nephews. Sophie's son, 
sons and daughters, like their own blood kids. We're using them as bait. We are, <laughs> no, I don't give a damn. She don't give a damn either. And because that is a high pressure situation. No, why are you looking right. at me like that, unofficial? Like, no. it is, I, they gotta go. I am all for offing a kid. I don't care. So, I'm, like, I'm, my, I, and then what's crazy is. Sophie and me are big fans of Walking Dead. Sophie and I. And my nephew, Cook, when he was like five or six, we would tell him, what would you do if mommy gets bit by a zombie? And then he's looking at us like this five-year-old like, shoot her in the head. I'm like, that's right. (laughs) Double tap. (laughs) Double tap. So, yeah. But I I don't know. In a situation like that, I, I, I would be prepared to off myself, but I'm not going out without a fight. Oh, see, I am. The the minute they ring that siren that says this is an apocalypse, boom, I'm out. I, <laughs> what am I fighting for? No, no. The mist. Have you learned nothing? Ooh, it's all about the government. The government's behind everything. I don't care if I have to. If they're like, oh, it's 24 hours. Only 24 hours you have to survive. But these monsters, this radiation, all this stuff. Bye. So what you I gonna do? 20- so like. <laughs> I ain't got 24 hours. Say it's like the purge kind of situation. And you know, it's just 24 hours. Are you going to offer yourself then? Are you going to be like, okay, I'm just going to hide. I'm not going to do shit. That situation is different. That, I mean, yeah. I don't know if people hate me enough to come into my home and kill me. So I'm going to sit in home. And if that's what happens, that's what happens. But if there's an actual Walking Dead apocalypse... That show made no Why were they fighting so hard? I would never. Because I would never fight. go through what they went through. <laughs> they weren't fight. They were fighting the zombies in essence, but it was more of a pe- how people react when shit goes mm-hmm. to shit. That's what I <laughs> mean, what though. I mean? Like, I would not fight for a new civilization. I mean, I'm going to mm. fight, in the words of Degrassi, whatever it takes. I know Damn. I can make it through. Let me ask you this. If if you're in a setting where it's not a horror movie, but I feel like it should be, if you're in a setting of like the Hunger Games and you're reaped, would you off yourself? Whoo! Like if I was picked to enter the Hunger Games? Yeah. yeah. Where are the berries? Give me the berries right away. Oh my gosh, not Nightlock. I'm ruining myself. Oh my if, God. If I was in, in better, if I lost some of this, this, jiggliness I'll, I'll i'll put up a fight but if they if they pulled out my name right now i, I, I would jog a couple miles and if something happens something happens i'm <laughs> but i mean like, grassy references you said whatever it takes i know i can make it through remember maya's boyfriend cameron stop that's me that is me. my head <laughs> yeah Unalive himself. Oh, see, yikes! That—that's what see, I. Do. I don't know. I, I, I would, I would like to believe, I would fight. You know what I'm saying? But if you, you never know if you're put into a situation. If what you would do, I would like to think I know myself. I'm, I've been knowing myself for 35 years. I would like to think my 35 year old self would fight. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I'd be too like scared or just couldn't handle it mentally. And I, like, yo, just take me out. I'm good. I think I will be nice fine. One. Yeah, I think I'll be fine for a little while, but like if it's just dragging and there's like seems like there's gonna be no hope. Yeah. Well, 
let me ask you this. I don't want to jump ahead, but if you have somebody relying on you and you're in that situation, would you still have it in you to off yourself and off them? Or would you just off yourself and let them fend for themselves? Like, there's so Ooh. many decisions there. So I'll answer that. Yeah, yeah, because there's a scene, and I had thoughts on that scene that relates to your question. I know what you're talking about, too. So, uh, she's back to eating this chili with her son, but what I did like was they're showing you all the pictures that he draws. He draws them with the gas mask, but Mm -hmm. he has, like, a Thanksgiving turkey picture. He has a Christmas picture. He has like all these nice pictures. What I do like about that, and that kind of goes into what you're saying a little bit too, with when you have someone relying on you. And I think this also cuts into the director's personal life story that we talked about earlier. Yeah. The mom did such a good job at making this son not realize that they're just in a bunker trying to survive. Like oh, he actually 100%. was living his childhood. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. Cool, calm, collected. Like they did such a good job with that. I, for the kid, it gave you that sense of hope. Like at least Mm. this isn't a dire situation for him. He -hmm. doesn't know what's going on. But oh, so the wig thing. (laughs) I love that they took (laughs) that crappy wig, and when they started showing that they were in the bunker, that. They have no shower. They have none of this. That wig being chopped up, messy, it actually looked good. And it made it look like, hey, she survived an apocalypse. (laughs) I think I'm the only one thinking like that because the way they're judging me right now. If you say to yourself more times, you start to believe it. (laughs) I mean, we're still at Party City, if you ask me. I, but we're not in the clearance bin. Oh, okay. We can... <laughs> we're, we're on the top shelf of Party City. Oh, no, see, I'm thinking we're like in the, we're the wig that's included with the costume and the pack that's mashed together. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Okay. What's the name of the wig? What will we name her? Mm. I'll let Jeremy name it. Uh, to me, that's a Robert. <laughs> that's not a Bob, it's a Robert. Robert's a whole nother character. That's a, the wig's yeah. character itself. But like I liked the way that they looked. Um, I thought that they looked like they were surviving an apocalypse. The they looked on dirty. Ne- dirt on the nails. That was nasty. It was so, I have a thing with, it was like I have precise a thing with dirty nails. It was like just each fingernail was perfectly packed with dirt. I'm about, to, I'm about to throw up. I hate dirty fingernails. <laughs> fingernails. I hate it so much. It just makes... Like, I don't have can dirty you just nails. Imagine, can you imagine just someone just touching you with dirty fingernails, bro? Like, and, or just serving you food or... <gasps> uh. um, I hate the ones that are like... Especially like when they're... Uh, it's like the random fingers have like the long nails and it just looks so jagged and stuff. I'm like... Oh, here, man. take yeah. here's clippers. Fix that. Well, not, well that's for. I mean, I know, but yeah. like, just like the, they just so jagged and stuff. It's like random nails too. Oh, mm-hmm. but oh, dirty. Take a bath. All it's yellow and streaky and stuff. Oh, <laughs> but that's where our two dirty, dirty family friends in the movie. Um, so then they start playing dress up. Uh, the kid, they're 
Vikings, they're pirates, and then the kid finds that skull mask, and the mom kind of freaks out, and again, she's doing such a good job at sheltering him from what's going on, but what's going on is taking a toll on her, and you can see that in the mask reaction. Yes, I was wondering about that. Because it looks like death. And like that... Or at least to me, what I took from it was that mass represented death to her. And now it's becoming more of a reality that they might not survive this. That makes a lot of sense. Because, like, first I thought it was like, oh, maybe there's like a a villain out there that looks like that. That's walking yeah, around with that mask. I that's thought. what I was thinking. But what you said, I was not, that did not come into mind. Like, that makes so much sense. I'm over here thinking, like, oh, there's someone outside roaming the, the fields wearing that mask, hacking up these people for supplies. That's what I was thinking. That's what I thought. Yep, me too. I mean, there's a, you can think that too, because down the line, we do see some stuff that we'll get into that could mm-hmm. go with that. And maybe mm-hmm. they did, because remember, the dad was going out there for supplies, supposedly, um, a few times, and maybe he did run into people in masks. We don't know what they saw out there until we get closer to this point where Kelly looks around and she decides that they need supplies. So same thing as her husband. She grabs the gun. She grabs the gas mask. But what I liked is now the son's pleading to her the way that she was pleading Mm -hmm. to her husband not to go. And I'm like, do you now have this sense of empathy for what your husband had to do? The choices Mm -hmm. that he had to make. Because you were telling him not to go, and now you're doing the same thing. And it is. It becomes, what are you willing to do if you if you are a survivor, unlike myself, in a <laughs> bomb shelter in the apocalypse? What are you willing to do to survive? Are you willing to leave your family behind and brave the desolate world? I mean, I would because, like... Your supplies are go like dwindling down. Like you're gonna need supplies. Someone eventually is gonna have to go and find stuff. It's not gonna like magically appear, wink wink, on your doorstep. So it's like you ha- you have to. I mean, I don't mind sacrificing myself in that sense of for my family. But before I sacrifice myself, I'm sacrificing the people who owe me money, who's pissed me off who's done some shit to me that I can't forgive, they can go first, okay? They could be the little guinea pig, and then germs will go ahead and, you know, wrap it up, and then I'll be the hero, and it'll be all about me when everything is over and done with and everything is peachy keen, and I'm the hero in this story. So do you think she made the right decision? Back to something you said earlier, she has someone relying on her, Mm -hmm. and not just someone, a child who maybe is like six. They yeah. say he was eight. I'm like, oh, where? <laughs> because he looked tiny. Um, would okay. So your eight year old son, what happens if you mm. don't come back? I'll send the child out. Be like, here, here's what you're looking for. Here's your supplies. <laughs> it's it's true though. It's true because. Yeah, you want to try to shelter your child and stuff like that, but the situation is drastic. In my opinion, yeah. 
they kind of handicapped the child in that sense for just trying to keep shit as normal as possible. This is not normal. We are not in that reality no more. As yeah. a parent, it is my job to prepare you for this world. And in this new world, you got to be tough. I so love I'm that. Not gonna sit there, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and be like, all right, let's color and let's talk about snowflakes, Christmas presents, and cookies. No. This is what it is. Like, there's some shit out there that's going on. We about to die, and if something happens to me, you got to learn to at, at least Mm-hmm. The bare necessities. So then, and there's no wrong, there's no wrong answer to this question. But so then, do you feel that it in this because of how dire the situation was, it's okay to end the innocence that this child has? Yes, the yeah. innocent, it's not, it's not, it's not me ending it. It's right. the world, you know. What and I'm that's saying? fair. Yeah, I, I'm not a parent. I'll never be a parent. I don't want to be a parent. But Thanks. in my mind. If I was a parent, I will love my child, and loving my child means tough love. Yeah. And I like that, because on the flip side, I feel like if somehow I got blundered into taking care of a child during this situation, if I chose Mm -hmm. to be a survivor, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I would be a little bit like the mom trying to make sure Mm -hmm. that they don't know what's happening, because obviously she has the hope that this will go away at some point yeah but it but like you said too though what if something happens and now your child's not prepared yeah and i feel like it's a family of three it's not even a tribe in the sense it's just three of us and the youngest one of us is eight years old six years old or whatever and i feel as though we can't afford to have a weak link even at your young age (laughs) you know what i mean you have to like you're little you can fit in places all right we can utilize that when we go scavenging you know, but at the same time, you need to know what to look out for. Yeah. And I, I but I, I argue with myself because, man, you're trying to protect your child from the world by, like, sheltering them. Mm-hmm. That's not good either. Yeah. No, I, I understand, definitely understand where you're coming from and that, and it does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, it's a good counterpoint to how she yeah. was taking control of her situation with her child. And that, yeah, and it maybe and that goes probably back to my comment of I would sacrifice children because they're useless. <laughs> <laughs> like they gotta go. But yeah, I mean, look, referencing The Walking Dead, those kids, they had to know how to kill zombies, mm-hmm. yeah. and so they did. One about Carl, but Carl handled business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he definitely did. Oh, and Coral. What was the daughter's name? Jude? Jude Judith. Judith, yep. When Judith? she grew up, she was handling business. That she, was her world. She knew nothing else. Mm-hmm. She was Michonne Jr. Yep. Like, sure. Like she was not ready. She was never gonna take names. She was gonna shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah, like And I Lori love that who? about this little ten year old girl. <laughs> yeah, like she came out of Lori, but she was all Michonne. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. Um so then okay, Kelly braves this new world uh puts Mm -hmm. on her mask grabs her gun uh i don't know if they were still in their house but i'm assuming so because she found that toy it looked like a toxic avenger Uh yes i was so excited about that i was like cool reference i remember those toys do you guys i don't remember the toys but toxic avenger that's one of my favorite movies oh nice um, yeah, so she grabs that. Uh, then she goes outside to the 
clean air of the apocalypse, as we stated. Uh, and then as she's uh, searching houses, she finally sees, uh, or she gets to an unlocked house. She opens it up. And this was another part of the movie that I really enjoyed. Um, Low-budget movie, but that gore. She runs into decomposing bodies. And I loved the way they looked. It reminded me yeah. of, like, that Tar Man from, like, Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. I think that's the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it's not as strong. They're working with a smaller budget. But I thought nice. they did a great job at showing those decomposing bodies. They looked gross. Yeah. It gave I me, like, Tales from cute, the Crypt. Cute gore moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees dead bodies. Then she enters this bathroom where... There is a woman who's not dead. Yeah. And that woman's pleading with her not to leave her. And she left. And do you think she made the right call? I, okay. So before I answer that, or I'll go ahead and answer that. Yes, she made the right call. Because, I mean, the lady, she she was injured anyway. So what good is that going to do? But uh, I'm going to take her supplies, though. But, um... <laughs> I was so she said that she was there with her brother and that she could hear him screaming even when like he was being like torn apart. I was confused because like when we first saw like the body with the mask, I was like, oh shit, that's the husband. But then she was talking about like that was her brother. I I was like, so was the husband her brother or what's going on? Did he have a second like family? I don't know. But yeah. Dark I was just question. Would you have killed her? If she requested it. If she requested, like, hey, you know, I'm not making this out. I'm not making it out of here without, you know, dying or whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to waste a bullet on you because I got three. I'll give you a knife. I'm like, look, girl, you, you got this. You Here's a I'm cookie. Saying? Here, give her one of those cookies. cookies. We'll get to those cookies. (laughs) But at the same time, leaving her her like that is killing her. Exactly. That's what I mean is like, I feel like she, that girl wasn't asking, that girl was asking to survive. So Mm -hmm. no matter what you do, if you don't help her, it's basically murder to me. But like, would, I feel like it was inhumane to leave her there when you could have put her out of her misery if you weren't going to try and trek her along. I'm a giving per- I'm a giving person by nature and I would have gave her something, a weapon if she didn't have it. I would have gave her something like, look, this is all I got. It's it's every man for themselves. Yeah. I can't I, I cannot afford another mouth to feed. And even if I would bring you one, you're injured. What can you do? Like you you aren't of use i'm sorry like that's like, the sad reality of it here here's a paper and a crown right a letter to santa hey, hey. he will come to you no so- maybe put like good health on your christmas list that's such a <laughs> that's such a tricky question because like the situation that they're in is like yeah like i would feel bad Oh, I'm ahead. sorry, Ash. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, yeah, I would feel bad because it's like, I want to help people, but it's like, I can't do much either. Like, what can I do? I, at the end of the day, but, I have to 
look after myself and my child, like my family. That's exactly what I was going to say. If I was by myself, the, the percentage of me helping her goes up. But I have a child. You're unpredictable. I have to protect my child, not only me, but my child. I'm not going to mm-hmm. bring you back to this place that I have fortified and am calling home and bringing a stranger in. And they're going to be, t- and I'm the only one who's going to be out there running. I got to leave you alone with my child while I go out and scatter. Yeah. Absolutely not. No. You could be a cannibal. That's true. A one legged cannibal. <laughs> That's what I was, I, I was wondering I, about because, like, how that person was ripped apart. I'm like, are there are there cannibals? Is it an animal? Like, what is? Because that person was like torn yeah. up. Yeah, it, it it did leave so many questions. This this movie did leave a lot of things open in a sense. It it did because what we'll talk about later doesn't really correlate with how everyone else died. Mm-hmm. So that did, like like you said, it leaves it a little up to the imagination of what's been happening. Um, but Kelly chooses not to save this woman, and she chooses not to put her out of her misery. She just leaves her uh, and goes home with her, mm-hmm. with whatever supplies that she collected. And then we cut to her in the bunker, I think her son Riley is sleeping and she starts looking at her gun, the bullets, how many she has. And this is where this is a very dark scene that honestly, it touched me just because anybody with mental health issues might have related to this point at one point or another. And it was a dark moment where she runs through different types of way to I won't even say commit suicide I would say end her pain Mm -hmm. like it it was so much different than just that because she didn't she had no hope left and it wasn't just like oh depression this was like she's in an apocalypse there's no hope so do you do it this way. And seeing her go through the gun, the freaking can the can top is what did me in because I'm like, she was looking. Mm-hmm. She grabbed this sharp metal tin uh, can top and she pressed it against her arm to draw blood. She didn't go through with it, but then they move on and she's looking at the weed killer. Like, you could tell that it wasn't oh, should I do this? It's which way can I do this? Because every time... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel like she was... she Her mind was made up. She knew she wanted to go out, but she didn't want it to hurt. That's what her issue was. That's what her dilemma was. And she didn't want... And I felt as though, too... uh, I know you're about to get into it, but she thought, well, if I'm going out and I don't want it to hurt, I'm convincing myself, like, I am I got to take out my son the same way. I don't want it to hurt him. Exactly. And, like, that was basically, like, when I saw the way she looked at that gun, and thankfully, apparently she had the wrong bullets because it seemed like yeah. the gun wasn't closing. So I'm glad that happened. But you could tell that she wouldn't have gone that way either because I don't think she was going to be able to shoot her son. 
No. She just looked at that gun like, no, I can't do it this way. And just that whole scene, I think she did a great job. I think the Mm -hmm. actress did such a good job showing, like, the despair. Like, this was as dark as it got for her. And But like you said, her mind was made up, and you could see it. But now it was like, how do I do this? Not do I do this, how do I do it? How do I do this? Yeah, the actress was amazing in that scene. I, I felt it. I the the conflict that she's having with herself, you know, and just coming to terms with not only taking your life and ending it, but potentially taking someone you gave life to. Such it's such a contrast that she's at. And then, so what she ends up doing, but it doesn't look like she fully follows through, but she ends up grabbing some cookies, uh, some frosting from these little, like, kids' packet, uh, and then this jelly green-colored Christmas festive weed killer that she put on top of these cookies. So obviously that shows that she's probably going the poison route. Um, But she doesn't. We don't see her give them to her son. She wraps up that toxic Avenger in a cute little Christmas wrapping. Uh, and then they have their moment where I feel like I thought she was looking to have that extra wind of maybe we can survive this. Because then they start decorating. Like, mm-hmm. they go full-blown, this is Christmas Eve. They're decorating. I can't remember if she put music on or not. So she... So they were going through the bin, and then the son found that cassette. It's like, can we listen to this, mommy? <clears throat> it's like, I think we can make that happen. But then there was like that conflict, like there's no batteries for it. So she's like contemplating, like I'm still waiting to hear from my husband on this walkie-talkie, but it's been a long time. Yeah. I want to make my son happy. So she took the batteries from the walkie-talkie and put it in the radio. And, and that's they, how you knew, like, her mind was made up. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. Like, look, ain't, he ain't coming back. It's been this long. Let me just make she, my son's final hours mm-hmm. worthwhile. Remember? And she was waiting. Like, she was holding on for it. Mm-hmm. She and definitely again, was. It was one of those, again, she put his innocence first. Like, she was preserving. He's going to have this Christmas. He's gonna write his letter to santa we're gonna listen to this christmas carol like i i really liked what she did for her son um and then they're they cut to this flashback which this was the only part of the movie that i didn't fully understand was they cut to this flashback of the family before the apocalypse taking a Christmas photo and it seems like nobody's really happy. The husband yeah. doesn't seem happy. The son don't seem that happy. She seems like she's just trying to get them together. And it put this weird thought into my head of like why why would you put this in the movie? Because now I'm like, were they a happy family? And does that matter? I was getting weird vibes from that family like even like in the opening scene like because you could just see how the husband just wasn't into it and he was always quick to say something smart underneath his breath so i think too like but when he was going out into the world 
she basically had like a mental breakdown. You know what I mean? She was broken. Like, oh my God, like you're going to go. You're not going to come back. It's like, she cared about him. I feel the husband. All right, let me rewind. The husband, I feel as though he gave up before she did, but Mm -hmm. he was just an autopilot. Like, look, I got to go feed these people. I got to go feed my family. But at the same time, he just didn't care. Like, he was like, yo, like, not not didn't care, but like, this is the reality of the situation. I'm, it's it's fucked up. I don't see it changing, and I just have to deal. I got that vibe too, all to the point where. I feel like he get, he told her what she needed to hear for the reasoning mm-hmm. of why he went out. But mm-hmm. I had it in my head that he went out with the intention of never coming back. Coming and back. He, he, I think he killed himself. Yeah. Like, that's oh. how I felt was, and he wasn't going to do it in front of them. Well, see, well, that that pisses me off then because what equipment did you take with you, sir? <laughs> like, wh- why is you going, if you have plans on offing yourself and just, you know, clocking out, like, look, I'll catch you on the flip side. What did you take that's pertinent to my survival? That walkie-talkie, you know what I mean? I could have I had a walkie-talkie and listening to some music, but you want to be selfish. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Um, that's the way I took it, but I was with you. Like, I feel like he checked out before she did. I felt that she was in survival yeah. mode and he was in my mode. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're not. She, yeah, she had hope. She had hope for days. And I think she had, if, if the child wasn't in the situation, I feel as though she would have given up hope along with her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I think all of her hope and strength came into the fact that she had someone looking out for her, or like depending on her. Well, let me ask y'all this. If you have a significant other and they give up hope, would you hold on to that hope for them and try to convince them? Or would you just be like, look, I would have been the one without hope. I mean, <laughs> would you want your partner to be like, all right, Mike, like, no. He, they shake you and just be like, look, we gotta, you know. You know, honestly, because I know how I am, I do think I would need that in the partner. In order mm-hmm. for me to, like, have any ounce of fight, that person needs to have the fight for both of us. Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah. So if yeah. Amos comes to you, ask, like, look, <laughs> Look, girl, we. Just, I can't do it. Like, how you? We gonna eat some weed want, killer cookies? Yeah. <laughs> you want the cookies? You just wanna, you know. Oh, I would say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would. Now I have a follow-up question. <laughs> oh Lord. I would. I would try my best to encourage him not to give up. Mhm. But, and then I'm going to be like, you know what, at the end of the day, it's your choice, but, like, just know what you're going to be leaving. So, (laughs) you're going to miss out on that 3,000. But, (laughs) but, I mean, I would try to talk some some sense into him, but at the end of the day, like, you're the only one that can make your own decision. Like, right. Yeah. There was a documentary I saw in um in college. It was about euthanasia. Mm. And um 
it, it, I could see why people, you know, would do that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're internally sick and stuff like that, and you just don't want to fight or whatever, um, I could see that. You know what I mean? I don't. If you were to come to that decision, what is one thing that you would want to do before you leave? This is getting dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll put it this way. If I'm by myself, like everyone else that nothing, we're just going to get this done over with. But if like it's me and a significant other or anybody and they came to terms with the fact that I'm like, hey, I'm done. I'm checking out. Uh, I would just want to do a fine anything like that's gonna put a smile on my face nothing dirty but like just have a general <laughs> genuine moment like I don't want mm-hmm. even though it's a dark dire situation I don't want my last moment to be dark and dire for me yeah I like when they sit like in Walking Dead I think when they say they know like and there's like that smile on their face before it mm-hmm. they are done Mm-hmm. I would want that type of moment. So I would want some laughter. Maybe we throw like some type of party or do something that's just going to make me feel happy with the decision <laughs> that I'm making. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, with, I would have to go along with that and make sure there's just tons of puppies around. <laughs> <laughs> I want to at least think- meet Zac Efron first. <laughs> I think, too, I would try to give as much knowledge and advice to the people that are behind. You know what I mean? I would just try to set them up in the best position possible when I go. On and on the other side, you know, I, I'm on the fence all the time. But that's the reason why I wouldn't do that, because I feel as though I could be an asset to the people that I love, you know, unless I'm infected and there's no hope for me. I'm going to keep going until I I can't no more and then it's like yeah. right, y'all, let me do this let me just take the burden off of y'all I did what I could while I can and I can't I think the going out on my own terms in this type of situation is what would put me in the better mood too because do you all everybody's watch Walking Dead right mm-hmm. do you remember the end of the first season when they found that sanctuary that wasn't a sanctuary yeah. and it was going to blow up and the a CDC couple of with Dr. Jenner. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the one lady said, I'm staying back. Yep. Jackie. Yep. That would be me. Like Okay, Jerm coming through with the names. Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm I trying know. to think of this. No, no, no. I I'm a walking dead head. But <laughs> see, and you have instances in Walking Dead where people do, you know, decide to off themselves. I would be a Sasha. You know, spoiler alert mm-hmm. for people who haven't watched The Walking Dead. But Sasha, she decided, because when you, just a quick backstory, when you pass away in The Walking Dead and your brain is in effect, and no matter how you pass away, you come back as a walker, right? Right. Her family, Sasha's family, great actress, Sonequa Martin-Green, shout out to you. Percy, whoo, I was thinking she, about that scene. Yeah, she is, I love her to death. I love her in Star Trek, too. Um, but she, her family was in danger. She basically 
put herself as a Trojan horse to the people, to the opposing side. And she took, uh, I believe it was a cyanide pill. And she turned her body into a weapon because she committed suicide, came back as a walker, and tried to, it gave, it bought her other, her family, in essence, uh, just time and an opportunity to defeat them. I think I would go out like that. I would like to think that. But if I'm going to die, it's going to be for a reason. You're going to sacrifice. Oh. Like, you're going to make it worth it. I'm thinking yeah. about that scene now and just the song right? that she was listening to. Oh, my. oh, yeah. Ooh. That was such a good. And after that season, that show went to shit. But I love <laughs> him. I still, I, I still watch to this day. Um, yeah, I'm still a big. I rewatch The Walking Dead at least once a year. It's a good mm-hmm. show. It's. Yeah, it declined, but I feel like it worked itself out towards the end. Um, I I enjoy the journey more than all of the seasons. It's the journey. I concur. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging up. <laughs> um, but we get back to the bunker. Up and down like a roller coaster. And... Oh, actually, something that I glossed over was out in the desolate world, we see Santa in a gas mask. (laughs) (laughs) And he pulls out of his Santa sack, not a gift, but a scroll with Riley's name on it. And I have a theory about that as well. Because we cut back. We cut cut back forward to Santa enters their bunker. And he's in his gas mask. He takes it off. He has all these scarrings and he basically says, please let me die. But I have no idea who this man is. I, well, and that's the part, like the one thing, like when we see Santa, I was like, Oh, it's the husband. He done found like a whole costume yeah, and he's gonna try to surprise he's gonna try to surprise the son. And then it wasn't him. And I wanna think I wanna say like maybe he had like radiation. I think because how like it was like black and it was like moving up around his face. And I don't know if you heard it, but like you can hear like the cackle like crackling like yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, that whole scenario was just kind of weird because the mom was like, okay, like we're going to write your Christmas list, like write a letter to Santa. So he did. She's like, he's like, how, how is Santa Claus going to get my letter? And she's like, I know. And she takes the paper, she lights it on fire. And somehow that triggered Santa's scroll and he was able to see Riley's name on his scroll and knew exactly where to find them and so i have a theory with that because she also says with that she says santa santa will find us wherever you are and then that's when she burned it all this stuff this is the apocalypse she's trying to survive santa is this magical being who can see where anybody is at any time Guess what else can do that? Death. Death is going to find you wherever you are. Oh! Santa is this 
magic of innocence. And when we see what happens down the line of losing that innocence. So I think Santa was death. Bitch. <laughs> you need to be on Gray, man. Let me message Gray. Be like, hey, oh, Gray. <laughs> you need, Mike. Damn, that, that makes logic. so much sense. I really like that. That, mm hmm. And then, so I'll just cut to it pretty quickly because we're going to talk about this Santa being death. Is he unmasks himself? They don't know who he is, but the mom knows something's wrong. She's begging for Riley, her son, to step away from him. And then Santa just grabs Riley by the throat and he chokes the crap out of him till he is a lifeless body. And can we talk about the Academy Award that this child deserves for that, his his face during this moment? That's why I laughed. I, felt I knew so that's bad. why you laughed. It reminded me of the Harlem Shake. It was like. <laughs> no. See, y'all laughing, but the rent was due. The rent I mean, was due. I'm the not mad. The was on the door, and his stuff was out on the curb. He was like, no, 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 no. Let this me act kid, for my life. This kid, I loved him throughout the entire movie as an act. Like, the things he was able to do, I'm like, what kid would make that face at his age? Like, they said play dead, and he just, he's like, you're going to get dead, dead. <laughs> yeah. He's like, tongue out, eyes rolled back. Like, yeah. he he gave you faces. Yes. He said, this is the face. This is the face of death. Yeah. But I was with I, you, Ash, because I, I, laughed a little, I, I laughed down the line. It was just... The amount of time that this boy was getting it was, like yeah. it was for a long time. I was just waiting for him just to snap his neck, like, okay, I'm gonna strangle you, but I then was I'm gonna waiting for that too. But I would say bravo for them having the balls to off a kid the way they off them because it wasn't like cut away. That's I always say when I'm watching a movie, a horror movie, and someone dies off screen and you don't get to see it, it, it docks points for me. I wanna see it. They showed it full throttle. They showed mm-hmm. it, and with, like you said, I obviously I'm not advocating if it doesn't fit the script, you don't need to kill a kid in horror. But mm-hmm. don't be afraid to do it if it works. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's why, like the mist spoiler alert. Sorry guys, the mist, the ending of that movie was one of my favorites. Yeah, and this awesome ending. This was like n- not on par, but like this was close to that for me in the like you said because they showed it his yeah. feet were and, uh, up to the death of like when it's you know final that he riley is gone the leading events up to it frustrated the hell out of me because i was rooting for her so hard to get the fuck up and do something to save your son that, yeah. that they did that they did a good job of me being activated to be like, yo, your son is dying right in front of your face. Bitch, get the fuck up. Like, but. But I think for me, the reason why that didn't happen was. I don't think that because, okay, so then. uh, Santa dies. Uh, Santa ends up falling and he crystallizes in this green crystal. 
And I don't think that this was a, some people are like, oh, it's weird that they went this supernatural route. I don't think it went supernatural. I think it went psychological. Mm -hmm. I don't think Santa existed. I think that was her mind knowing that that son ate some weed killer. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're, mm-hmm. I was like, green. Because green. those green like, crystals were on those cookies. On those cookies, yeah. And then she so, like instantly looked over at the cookies. So do you think when he finally died, do you think she regretted it? That's why she was like, she reacted the way she would. I know and her, her son is dead. Yeah, you're going to be hysterical, but do you think she regretted it? I don't know if she regretted it. I just think she was, like, still not ready to come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and then, like, she's in shock that it actually happened. Like, oh, shit, like, he's gone. And, like, she put it out there, so she yeah. killed her son. Whether it was a Bercy killing or not, she killed her son. See, now I'm thinking because now that you say that Santa was deaf, I'm thinking like when they first see Santa and she's like telling her, telling Riley, like, come here, Riley, come here, Riley. Maybe he ate the cookie and she's seeing signs of him declining and his body, you know, trying is trying to reject the poison, the weed killer. And she's like, come here, come here. Like, maybe she wanted to comfort him, right? When him getting choked, maybe he's, like, convulsing or something like that because he ate the cookie. So maybe it's a, it's a, it's event after event after event playing out after eating the cookie, but it's disguised as him being murdered by Santa. Mm. Exactly. That, I see that 100%. Yep. Okay. Damn. And that's why I kind of... I really liked this movie. I think it, like I said, and I'm going to keep repeating the same words, it was dark. It was dire. There was, It was full of despair. Like, I've put it this way. If this movie had a budget and was uh, was under the A24 umbrella, this would have been a banger. Especially A24. Like, this was, A24 would eat this up. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's why I like the movie so much. I think it reminds me of, I don't know if you guys seen the, I think it's called The Dark and the Wicked. Yes. Where that movie just filled you like with so much. Honestly, like, yeah. It's like with uh, Miss, uh, not Miss Lamar, Hereditary, like that movie was just filled with so, ooh. And this was like a lighter version of it. Definitely check it out, Jerm. The Dark Mm -hmm. and the Wicked, it's on Shudder. Because okay, um, like I said, knows. this movie, it filled me with despair. I, it touched my dark parts. Like, that sounded so weird. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the dark parts of my soul, not anywhere. The darkness of my soul. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I love the way that it made me feel. Because in many, not in all horror, because there are dark horror movies, but... We always see a survivor. We see someone who makes it out. We see a happy ending. And this was from start to finish, no hope. Mm. And I appreciated that so much. Around the holidays, too. My God. Right. And you know what? The holiday season for some people is such a dark time. So 
Yeah. My grandfather and I was just talking about that. And it's not necessarily, you see people celebrating good times and, you know, the year would have what they've been blessed with and hope for the upcoming year. But it's a pressure in a sense Mm -hmm. too, because and it's it's a sense of anxiety. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's coming, and you're scared. So yeah. it, it it is that the same as seasonal depression? Depression. I th- I have that. So I think it leads with it. Yeah. There's a segue there. Mm-hmm. And what I think, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but because I know he said like the backdrop of Christmas was because of the thing he was going through with his mom, mm-hmm. and then like exploring the loss of innocence and magic Mm. in a child. But what I also like is because it's centered around Christmas and with what you just said is the Christmas holiday season, there is a very large uptick in suicide and depression. And that's what we were going through in this movie. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm like, was that intentional that this movie was what it was about centered around Christmas? Mm. Well, damn. You know, Mike, you <laughs> did a very good job with pleading mm-hmm. your case. I will say that listening to you and your hypothesis and theories and your 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 way of thinking and your reasoning behind it, I would say this listening to you bumped up my initial rating for this. Let me go ahead and change it. So, <laughs> so I feel as though it, it's a lot of analogies. It's a lot of interpretation. And I think you're spot on. I, I didn't think the way, the way you're pleading it and you're presenting it, I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as just being all over the place. Honestly, I thought... What the fuck? Like, I, I, are these aliens going to come after these people or right. zombies or whatever? But then now it's a Santa. But then we don't know if it's Santa or not. But then how did these people die with their chest ripped open? It's just, yeah. it was a lot for me. So, I don't know. And, and listeners, just to, like, help you out, too. I said I was going to plead my case with this. But be warned, this is a 71-minute runtime. But it is a slow burn. Like, I know we talked about a lot of detailed stuff, but it's a slow burn. This movie could have been about 10 minutes. (laughs) It could, yeah, been like a short short. It could have been a short film on YouTube. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I could definitely see this. I would give it like a cute 26 minute, like short film. And I, it still would have hit the same to me. 26? I think there's a lot of empty air, like no, there's not a lot of dialogue. But in contrast, the acting is strong. The acting to me is very strong. I felt, excuse me, I felt for the mother. I felt for the son. I did feel, I felt for the victim that's there just pleading like, yo, help me the fuck out here. You know, the acting was very strong, but there wasn't a lot of backstory. A lot of questions weren't answered. They just like, don't even try to make sense of it. It's an apocalypse. And here's the mother and son. Yeah, I feel that they dumped you into this world without explaining to you enough. And they were just like, here, you're in this world. I'm and this is it. Like we're yeah, not gonna we're not gonna spoon feed you what happened. You're just yeah. here and you gotta make your own 
own analysis of it. Figure it out. Woo, child. So, so that, that was, yeah, that was, uh, I'm dreaming of a white doomsday, Mike's pick. That was, I, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I enjoyed the conversation more than I enjoyed the damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. But I thank you for that, though. Um, so, Ash, I think... <laughs> Budget. budgeting everyone <laughs> um, I want to ask you Michael so what are we rating this movie Ooh, out of yes, what are we rate this out of um I think we have to go with cyanide cookies I think I we gotta think go we with cyanide, get a cyanide yeah I don't think we could ever get a cyanide cookie rating ever again what movie has that <laughs> So that yeah, that's what I think we'll rate it out of. Do you want me to Ash, go, you first? go first? Oh, we'll save what? you for last because this is your. We want to save the best for last. This is your episode. So okay. Ash, please. Uh, out of five, I've. Whew, I feel like us like just talking about it, and Mike. Like your explanations for a lot of the details of the movie really changed my mind. But I mean, I have to be. I have to be honest. I'm going to give it a two out of five. Um, what is it called? Cyanide cookies? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if we did have like this in-depth conversation about it, like I would have gave it like a zero point, like a zero point five <laughs> or a one out of five. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Like there was some. Mm, how would I say it? I mean, there were some good things with the movie, but overall, I feel like it was just like it was a it was a very slow burn, yeah, and it left me with a lot of questions. But it's okay. not a it's not a horrible movie. It was just <laughs> that's all <laughs> no, I can I say. Yeah, but I feel like our discussion and your explanations helped a lot. Oh, and I definitely, and it definitely opened my eyes to some like of the references and everything to it. And also, I mean, you got the whole Toxic Avenger reference in it, so that made me happy. But I, I'm gonna have to give it a two out of five. Okay, Jeremy. I'm, I like I said, the conversation did up my rating. I am going to rate it a two. <laughs> um, I want to, Mike. I love that you came with backstory personal backstory from like the writer and the director and stuff like that um it it hit home it hits home to a lot of people with you know family disease and coping with it um i do like your interpretation i i so bad want to sit down and talk to the writers of this movie right and just see where what our assumptions are they off or are they spot on are we somewhere in the middle i would i want to know what their thoughts if they were to listen to this podcast and they hear our theories and our reasonings behind certain things i want to know if they would be happy with it if that if their message that they were trying to do got across to the masses and um it's just a lot of this movie 
has a, a way of just being like, all right, it's it's on you. It's it's very the viewer and the watcher has to inter. It, it leaves a lot on us to interpret. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it's basically up to us. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing for me. I don't like it. I like very. Here's what we were going to do, and it's what we did. Do you like it or not? Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, there has to when you do slow burns, there has to be a payoff too. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't. I don't think there was. I'm, you said it. It has to be a payoff if it's a slow burn. Yeah. So tell me what what what. Tell us what do you think. So obviously we know my rating is going to be higher because I picked it. I love this movie. Um, This is for me a four out of five cyanide cookies. Um, Like I said, the darkness to it. I just like that they went there. Um, I like that it was a movie that I don't think I've ever seen a movie that was as bleak as this. Because like I said, Mm -hmm. no hope whatsoever. I liked the little bit of gore that was thrown into it. The acting for me was superb. The score mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, yes, there's a little to be a little left to be desired when it came to budget, the outside. They should have like they should have put something out there like some fog, a filter, like drag race season one filter could have helped uh-uh. us a little bit. Um <coughs> Or even Scream 4's filter could help this out a little bit. Not astigmatism. <laughs> they could borrow mine. I got stigmatism. <laughs> um, but everything else worked for me. I liked the payoff for me. But like you said, it becomes one of those, what if like everything that I said about this movie, what if the, the director is like, yeah, honestly, that was not what I was intending like, at yeah. all. So what were you that, smoking? <laughs> the fact that I'm putting everything on my interpretation is why I can't give this a five. Because mm-hmm. to me, I love low budget. I love indie movies. You have oh, to. Yes. You can't compare them to big budget. No. Blumhouse type movies. So you have to give them a little bit of leeway when it comes to what they can give you. But for me. Yeah, and- this is not a five star, but it is a strong four for me. What you said, though, like you can't rate them like they're two different playing fields, right? With big budget blockbuster films versus independent. Yeah, they don't have the budget. The budget isn't there as, you know, a, a, a Chucky feature film would have. But I think the freedom of an independent film, they have a lot more to work with. They don't have a lot of restraints. I think yes. that that's a benefit as well. So. It goes back to what I said earlier. Them offing a the kid the way they did was a highlight. It's it's a sad, mm-hmm. fucked up thing that happened, but it's a highlight in the movie that got us talking. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's it, <clears throat> sorry. And it's interesting that you brought that up, Jeremy. Like with the whole like how they handled the whole the the kid the child's death in the movie. And it's and with mm-hmm. it being an an indie film, like there's a lot of freedoms to do some yep. some stuff in the in the film but i couldn't help to think about like the whole like controversial um stuff going around with like terrifier 3 like the movie hasn't even released yet but there are so many people who are upset that there there's going to be a child's death scene in a movie and it's like but well like, the movie's independent 
Like, I don't understand, like, why so many people are upset about it. I don't know, maybe because, like, like the whole, like, Art the Clown is becoming so popular and it's becoming, like, well-known that people are like, oh, my gosh, I can't. But at the same time, it's like, it's a terrifier film. Do you not know the character of Art the Clown? Like, he does, he gives zero fucks. Right, and it's not unheard of that a child dies in a film. Like, the most recent, the one that stands out to me that's recently, there's probably others, but Halloween um, and Halloween ends. Halloween ends and then Halloween 2018. Yeah. Like, Michael snapped the kid's neck. Yeah. But even someone younger, when he fell off the damn in the house in the beginning, you know what I mean? Yeah, that That was... That kid, That was was crazy. I was like, I guess. He wasn't, he wasn't murdered in... The kid that fell from, you know, the, the the stairs or the balcony or whatever, he wasn't murdered the way Riley was murdered in this film. He was choked out, like yeah. he was taken out, and the, the camera did not shy away. At so, all. I, let's see what Terrifier Three does. Let's see. I, I, I oh my gosh, I'm looking then, forward to uh, it, but I'm scared. <laughs> final thought to that to the conversation that we're having is, they always say when it comes to movies or anything. Art imitates life. Yes. Why are you upset that in a fictional movie, a child is going to be murdered when in reality, there's way more? Yep. Yep. Like this. So this whole conversation could go on forever. Like especially on this topic, because yeah, like I said, there's lots that could be said. But (laughs) so let me ask y'all this. Are we letting this movie rise from the dead, or is it staying buried? <gasps> Jeremy's going first. Um, I would say <laughs> it can stay buried. It's worm food, honestly. It could just it. It was cute. Uh, if you if this movie was 30 minutes shorter, I would say, you know, watch it. But I am a person who is impatient. I have to be entertained, uh, like, a lot of the time. And this doesn't, it's not in that realm. It does make up for it in the the acting and just know that you're going into it with no payoff. Honestly, to me, like, no happy ending. But what about you, Mike? Um, for me, this is a hundred percent rising from the dead. I believe that it should rise from the dead. I do think more eyes need to be seen on this movie, um, especially for a Christmas mo- Christmas horror film. Like this breaks a mold to me. Like when we see holiday horror, I don't think we've seen anything like this. And mm-hmm. maybe to some people, they might think that that's a blessing. <laughs> but for yeah. me. I, I like that it's a very unique Christmas movie when Christmas movies are supposed to be holiday cheery. And even the Christmas horror movies like Black Christmas, there's still that little bit of like happiness throughout the movie. There was none of that here. There was none. No. You're so and I, right. And I like that. Like when, when I tell like like some of my peers who are like not into the whole horror movies and all that stuff. They're like, oh, I'm going to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch It's a Wonderful Knife. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm just. We're not the same. We're not the same. But it's like, the holidays, 
for like I said earlier, like the holidays is not always a cheery, happy go lucky, lucky, lucky like time of year for people. Like it's okay for a movie like especially like holiday horrors to bring out that dread to to bring awareness that is not always happy. Like I'm a that's the one thing I love about like holiday horrors, just like <laughs> like oh you think Santa Claus is gonna save you, but <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but yeah, I. Yeah, what I'm, you I'm doing? St- what, what what do you say? I'm Tell st- me. I'm stuck. I. You know me. I'm all about supporting indie films, and I yeah. feel like every movie should be viewed at least once. Personally, I would not watch it. Ag- I most likely would not watch it again, so it's going to stay buried. But I feel like to our listeners, like if you're the type of person that really likes dread doesn't care about their like being no payoff and and likes to dissect a film like create create your own like theories of it this is a film for you and i it it should Mm -hmm. rise from the dead but personally for me i'm going to say it stays buried i like that (laughs) (laughs) and i like that too because that's the one thing i like about this movie and i i liked from the jump of this uh, episode. I knew that you. T- this wasn't the movie for you both. But what I loved that we were doing was this is a high, high highlight movie for me. It wasn't for you guys because horror is subjective. We don't have it to is. like the same thing. We don't have to agree, but we can have a great conversation about yeah. horror, especially indie films. That. Support indie films. One thousand percent. And if nothing, we got a great conversation out of it and we got exposure for the movie for the people who do listen to us. I did see another podcast. um, I hope you suffer um, podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, They listened to this. uh, They did an episode on their podcast about it. Um, They weren't as optimistic as us. (laughs) I'll just say that. But. I, I was surprised that somebody else covered it because. And then too, Mike, I. Ash and I, I can speak for both of us. We say thank you for, you know, being mm-hmm. vulnerable, you know, and just sharing this. I have not heard of this movie, so I thank you for sharing this and bringing yeah. it to our attention. And who I've... knows? But... Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, who knows? Like, maybe you put somebody else onto this movie that's like, oh, shit, that's my shit. And they're going to get the DM tomorrow. Like, yo, <laughs> I do you so. on this. Fuck, fuck Ash and Jern. Damn. <laughs> I don't get like, one person. One person. I've All right, heard listeners? of this movie. Because I think I actually wrote it down on a movie that I wanted to cover for this show, like mm-hmm. a, like a year or two ago. So, I mean, it was meant to be for us to cover it. And I thank you for bringing, like, our attention to it and, like, just helping us having, like, a nice, healthy conversation. Yeah, like Jerm yeah. said, like, even though, like, I mean, we all agree, like, even though, like, we did not all like the film, like, we were able to have a good conversation about it, a healthy conversation yeah. about it Without about it tearing the movie down like, exactly no no like no, this was not. just constructive criticism yeah. i love that yes and you like you, you open this our is somebody's eyes body stuff. of work mm-hmm. yeah like this is somebody's body of work somebody worked hard for this you know what i mean yeah it may not be somebody's cup of tea i.e me but i can appreciate the effort and the contribution you gave to horror yeah exactly period but ooh, excuse me. With that being said, Mike, thank you again for being on our show and just 
Yeah. Show, showing the world like your gift, your talent, like podcasting your is knowledge. your thing, like oh, your knowledge. Thank like, you. Yes. It's sick. I agree. <laughs> that is a, such a great compliment. I don't so, know. Just hurry you. up. Hurry up and get a fucking podcast. And right. Just, you know, and have us on your damn show already. Damn I have it. to learn how it works. <laughs> We, you, you have so many people you have us that can help show you the ropes yes, just how you show us the ropes with this movie like we will show you the ropes with podcasting and I wasn't playing when Gray is about to drop some episodes of Gray Matter I'm going to be like yo you need to have um, yo, an official on there yes unofficial <laughs> need to be on there yesterday <laughs> thank you yes but like thank you thank you thank you for being on the show just being a great friend to the both of us and we appreciate you. We adore you. So thank you. Thank you. And thank <laughs> you guys. Cause like I said, uh, this has always been something I wanted to do to just like get my voice out there and to do it with two people that I truly respect and adore in the horror community. I'm happy <laughs> that you guys were the ones that have been uh, really helping me move forward with this. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We are oh, family, on the thing. <laughs> like a giant tree. So I was kidding. <laughs> Let me stop. But where yeah, at, Mike, where can they find where you? you? Hey, where uh, you can find me on Twitter. I don't know that X girl. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mike Unofficial X, and that's basically where you can find me right now. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter. Eating cookies um, at Ash to Ashes. That's Ash with the X in the middle. Ashes. You can also hear my beautiful voice on Kill the Dead podcast. What about you, Jerm? Uh, <laughs> I'm where they're at. So uh, on Twitter, Jerm's got jokes. J3RMZ got jokes. I'm on IG, main event Jerm, main period event period J3RM. Uh, I didn't realize and, how many periods was it. Bruh, it's two. <laughs> um, and you can find our show's handles, same places, IG and Twitter, Rise from Dead Pod, where you can see some things that we are talking about in between episodes and us talking to our horror friends like Mike here. So, uh, good episode, peeps. That was. It was, a lot, it was I, I love this conversation. I Mike, did. You, 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 you really, like I said earlier, you presented your case, you know, to the, to the public, and you created a strong case. Kudos. Thank you. I said, like, enjoy this movie. I will always fight so hard to get this movie out there. He's a champion for it. All righty, listeners. This was Rise from the Dead podcast. Make sure you stay tuned for some shenanigans that we might be having coming up soon. But until then, y'all take care. Bye. <laughs> Adios. Bye.